Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and today I'm so thrilled to be talking to the fantastic team working behind the camera on the movie West Side Story about building the entire world of the movie. We are joined by costume designer Paul Taswell, Janusz Kaminski, who's the director of photography on the film, Adam Stockhausen, who's the production designer, and Rina D'Angelo, who is the set decorator. Um, and Paul, I wanted to start by talking about the color palettes that you came up with for a lot of the costumes, and particularly the way that with the jets, you know, there's real tones and hues of blues and grays. And then with the sharks, we have the reds and the yellows. So you've used color as a real distinction between character throughout the film and was interested in, in that initial kind of journey of really determining what those color palettes were gonna be. And then the way that it also informed a lot of the materials that you've worked with, like the way that you've used a lot of denim to go in with those hues of, of the blues and the grays. Sure. Um, I mean, I think that it, the uh, inspiration for that goes back to when, you know, I'm, you know, thinking about Romeo and Juliet, you know, and uh, what West Side Story, the story that West Side Story is based on. Um, and, you know, the, uh, even the, the, uh, the, the Zaffirelli film, the, you know, where, you know, he, he did, you know, the, had the two houses that were in two different color palettes. Um, and so taking that as a springboard, you know, I thought, oh, okay, well, you know, let, let's see how this might work. Uh, given the uh, where where we are in 1957, and also uh, that we were going to be in a very naturalistic uh, New York City and in and about uh, the New York area, um, so uh, you know I, I launched into uh, creating kind of the teens or the you know the the, the gang colors, uh, splitting them jets to sharks, um, and really trying to align where they were coming from as well. I mean, that's the jets really align more with uh, the city and uh, the, the concrete and all the steel and uh, the grit uh, that is uh, their territory uh, or their, their, their version of the territory versus the sharks that are coming, you know, migrating from a tropical uh, Island, or you know that that, that they're, you know they're coming from Puerto Rico. They're carrying with them the energy of uh, the nature, the flowers. You know, every, uh, you know all of that that is imbued culturally uh, and stylistically within within the Latinx culture. Um, and you know that that is a little bit of a generalization, but you know just setting up uh, rules for how this world might be. Uh, presented uh, and letting New York be the neutral, letting New York stay in kind of a, uh, a, a gray, gray green world. And that was that was what was true of my background for many of the street scenes that, that you might see. Um, and, you know, the, where, where it's most powerfully uh, seen is within the dance at the gym where you've got uh, the, 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 the dance battle uh, between the jets and the sharks and their girlfriends and how uh, the the sharks kind of flood into this space that's already inhabited by these swirling uh, you know uh, the, the, the clothing of, of the jets you know in, in, in blue tones. 
And Janusz, you, you have that idea of, of color throughout the screen as well with your cinematography. And there's also a lot of ways in which you play around with light. And because of the genre, it allows you to have both a lot of very realistic lighting, but also to really play around with elements of the romanticism. Like the first time we see Maria having more of a spotlight on her or the flex of light when it's her and Tony, you know, kind of together for the first time. Um, and so how did you think about the different tone shifts within the film and, and the different tones of scenes and how you really wanted to play around with light to represent character in a lot of ways. Sure, as Paul spoke about, you know, colors, you know, and of course I can photograph what's in front of the camera and when it's great, it's easier for me. So Paul created an amazing storytelling with his, with his design and Rina and, and Adam, you know, definitely uh, allowed me to, to create a visual world that is fully contribution of what they've done. So I always say, how do we create a period? I say, well, you know, talk to the production designer. He puts the cars, the, 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 the wardrobe designer puts the, puts the wardrobe, the makeup does the proper makeup, and it's easy for me. At that point, I can just make sure that I don't, I don't mess it up because they've already provided the image, the frame, with essentially a, a, a essential image that, that sets the story in the reality of the story. So that's a little, bit, a little bit easy. You know, so I always have to think, do not mess it up. You know, on this movie, as you mentioned, it is it is a love story. It is a, and Paul spoke about this as well. So you have to convey that convey that that element of of, of the story where, where where people are seeing each other for the first time and 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 they falling in love and 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 I think the camera and the light and all that stuff needs to reflect that. So consequently, we've established through the director's uh, 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 directions, we've established this world of of, of of, you know, of Maria and her reality of, of being at the dance with the guy that was a little bit of a, you know, mundane, not very inspiring, but yet guy that had something ash and she, as the, at the moment when she's about to almost, you know, start accepting the reality of this guy, this man, tall man, you know, kind of heavy, very charming, slightly dangerous, enters the room in a way that, that, that you have to look at him. The camera pans from left to right, and, and Mike Feist says, you know, Tony, we pan left and we show Ansel entering the room, very energetic, very charismatic. And immediately there's attraction between these two individuals. And as you can see the movie, they would use various, various tools to, to enhance that, you know, with, with a little bit of a slow motion, with, with lights, you know, with composition, with putting dancers between the lens and the actors, you know, that we're looking at. So you're establishing that, that environment and that, that attraction between them by watching them through things happening between the camera and and them, right? Um, so it's relatively easy, you know. The costumes were amazing, Paul. I mean, there's the whole thing, you know, the dance hall was just just so beautiful, you know. We did really good. We did really good in the, in, the, in this department. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And then Adam and, and Rena, you know, similarly to everything that Paul is describing about the color aesthetic of the costumes, we really see that trans transcend over into the production design, into the set design. You know, if we look at the, the home that Bernardo, Anita and Maria all share, you know, that's got that similar vibrancy of color and detail, you know, even down to like every single object that we see around the room is telling us a story about them, you know, and that's very different to when we go over to um, Valentina to, to the shop and to her home and the types of colors and the types of shades and and details and objects that we see there um, and so what was like that similar trajectory for the two of you in really figuring out what the leading aesthetic was going to be that represented character within spaces 
Um, well, Rena, maybe I'll jump in first on, on yeah, that one, yeah. and then hand over to you. I, I think, I mean, building off what Paul said about uh, about defining the the, the uh, a color palette for 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 the two different for the two different groups, everything was operating within the umbrella of of, of New York City, um, although it's not documentary New York City. You know, I mean, it's 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 sort of we're 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 at this a very climactic moment here when this clash is happening. And everything is 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 raised up a little bit, but um, I was really struck by the uh, the, the linemen were down in the basement for the first time when they were saying things. There's dust on everything. There's dust everywhere, you know. And, and we were pushing, I think, towards the the jets being in that world of concrete and steel and dust and debris and 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 demolition, and then and then going much more strongly into colors. All colors, in in a way, uh, you know, occasionally, sh occasionally shifted towards reds and yellows and things, but but really more the idea of color uh, when 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 we're with the sharks, and 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 so that just became a, a balancing act of where we could bring in color and how much color we could bring in before we started um, stepping forward too much. You know, we we always wanted to find a balance where the world is as, was as bright as we could get it while still holding well behind everything. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, and then when we, we, we thought we had enough color in that room and then we added the, the chiffon, the colored <laughs> fabric around the room. It was like, there's not quite enough color yet. We're just gonna hang 20 pieces of very colorful fabric in the room too. But um, yeah, that, that apartment was fun to do because it, we wanted it to feel homey and we wanted it to feel in the color pal palette that we were talking about, but um, we wanted to make it feel like uh, young people lived there, but they had an older sensibility. They were grown up in a way. Um, and uh, it, I've tried to find as many colorful elements, red dishes, the um, even the the uh, the um, cabinets and stuff in the kitchen were of the color and the, and the linoleum was, something I had found a linoleum that was, um, that was really colorful, that was from the forties. And we had, you know, it, so it just, it was a, it, it, it was a lot of color, but I don't think it went, we didn't cross the line. I don't think we went too far. I'm, I'm gonna jump in right now because it's very essential that your viewers understand what we're talking about. And, and color is an amazing storyteller, right? As we all know, we photograph what we put in front of the lens. And it's not just, well, let's put this because it feels like it should be there or it would be, would be charismatic. Every single element that's in front of the frame serves one purpose, which is uh, enhances the story. And as much as the color can improve the story, occasionally you can see movies where that color becomes too contrived. You have the, you know, green hat and green skirt, and then you got a green door and just becomes too much. Where, 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 where in this movie, you're dealing with people who are very, very, very experienced and the color is another storyteller, you know? It's very essential to, 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 uh, to speak very briefly upon that. Yeah. And again, you know, because there was so much color, I didn't have to enhance it too much. I just had to put enough light to, to, to not mess it up what they provided me with, you know, which is the costume need to be lit properly. And in fact, on many occasions, particularly during the dance number, I'll put extra light, not just in the torso and faces, but I wanted to get the bottom portion of the frame to be illuminated. So when the when the fabric swirls in the in the in the air, you can sense the color, you can sense the you can sense sense the festivity. That's all. 
And there's so many artisans and, and craftspeople even beyond your teams on set that really contributed to the incredible amount of detail that we see on screen. You know, for you, Paul, whether it's a company that are specializing in the pleating that you need for material or a leather company that you're working with for the shoes or the denim, you know, for you, Rena, going to a lot of the prop houses, but also really sourcing a lot of antique goods, you know, that are very authentic to the time period. Um, and so for all of you, what are some of the, the spaces where you really wanted to also be able to pull in incredibly skilled artisans beyond the crew to make sure that all of those details in every single corner of the frame really authentically represented the time period, but within the aesthetic of the film that you were all striving for. What was uh, great for me was, you know, to see the blend, well, and, and uh, which was necessary, this blend of uh, those people that have done a lot of theater work uh, versus those people that have done a lot of film work. I mean, all, all in, you know, because we were filming uh, in New York, uh, I had access to all of the shops uh, of, of New York, and those are the same shops that are building all of the productions on Broadway. Um, and, you know, so, and then also, you know, um, custom-made shoes and, you know, all those things that you need uh, to have for dancers, for a musical, you know, that, and, it, you know, things need to be built so that they function in a very specific way. Um, and then there's a specific, um, uh, you know, know-how and insight in, you know, uh, managing a film and managing this, the, the size and scope of this film, you know, where, where you're, bringing in 400 plus background in one day and, you know, and figuring out how to dress them and, and uh, you know, with, with the design, creating a blend with those two. So, you know, it was necessary to have a team and they were an amazing team uh, of assistants and, you know, the wardrobe supervisor uh, to uh, support what I was trying to do with the, the uh, design. And were there outside groups that, that you were working well, with Adam and Rena as well? Yeah, Adam, go. Well, I would say I, it, it, it's not not so much an outside group, but specialists within within the the, the team of the uh, the graphic design team who, who who did hundreds of of of, of signs for, for because signage was such a a key way that we were uh, distinguishing who's where we were and whose territory you know we we were in, um, and it's just layer upon layer upon layer of that, and 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 also the the scenic artist work to to where it's indistinguishable whether we're in a location alley or, or on a stage set or when we're in the rubble piles, uh, which bits of it are, are, are real and which bits of it are, are foam and you absolutely can't see the line and, and that's an incredible work. That's right. Yeah, and I use, a, um, I use a whole lot of different uh, pickers and antique dealers and there's a particular vendor in I thought I was gonna to have to go to LA for a lot of this stuff to bring in, but there's a vendor in New Jersey actually now who has Ron Fennick, who has every conceivable thing I could possibly need for these sets he had. I mean, when Adam said we needed two matching morgue tables in enamel and I walked in and he had them and then he had, you know, every, you know, cigarette machines and water fountains and everything that I could possibly want. And then we had the vendors who brought in 500 to a thousand truckloads of bathtubs and bricks and dirt and debris and garbage and all that every single day. So it was just a huge collaboration of a lot of people bringing, making, making the piles in Patterson look real. 
And Yanush, I wanted to talk about the the motion and the choreography of the camera within the choreography of all of the musical numbers and all of the dance moments, because I know that you and your team were, were present during the dance rehearsals so that even at that point you could start marking out where the camera's going to be. And what's so beautiful about watching a lot of those scenes is that you really bring us right into the center of the movement and the motion and you allow us moments to really connect with the characters. And yet you still also allow the camera to pull back and give us those wide shots that give us the sheer sense of scope that, that we get from having 400 background dancers all in a scene together. Um, and so how did being present during all of the dance rehearsals and when they were figuring out all of the choreography really help in, in landscaping a lot of that design of where the camera was gonna sit and where it was gonna move and carry the audience? I just make it very clear from the beginning. Stephen, all his life, blocked the scenes, made movies with through camera, and he is expert at blocking and 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 moving the camera to the crowd and through not necessarily through crowd. So so you know he's got very clear characteristic of how the camera moves and what he tries to convey. And part of the success of his movies that 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 he knows how to do it. Right. I just had to facilitate his needs. You know, I had to make sure that you know. Once we realized during the rehearsals that the actors, dancers are very precise with their, with their movement, particularly the places where they land or how they move to the frame, we could bring the camera very close to them and be not just a passive observer, but participate in the dance with them to the point that sometimes we're able to, what appears to be, we're able to lead them where, where it appears that we, they are following the camera, but, but because of our knowledge, we knew where they were going to go, so we're preceding them. So that's the, that's the thing, you know, how do you make this, you know, 1957 Broadway performance, but yet enhance it with, with modern panache, you know, and unfortunately there's enough equipment and, 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 and technology to be able to do it, but also it's essentially to realize that there's a great collaboration between the camera operator, Mitch Dubin and Steven, who's the, we've done 20, 25 years together, and they very in tune. My job was to make sure that that they uh, doing the good job to some degree. And what that means, you know, there were a brief conversation about composition, maybe occasionally go wider, you know, I always like white shots. I love white shots. I like high angle shots. Mitch was always concerned with, you know, you're putting the lights right to the side of the frame. I don't have ability to move the camera and through it. And I said, well, that's why we've got the light there so we can maintain certain compositions so you don't mess it up much. So that's the idea. We had a great study cam operator, which is, his name is Baz Moyer. He used to be a dancer. He's this stunningly tall, beautifully, beautifully built uh, athletic man, mature man who used to be a dancer. So he understood the moves because of his past experience. So he was able to move up the, with the dancers to the frame. So that was the part of the, of the whole choreography. And he could rely on the, on the actor's landing position because that's what they trained to do. So that aspect was relatively easy. Again, to just you know, make sure that we're providing enough beauty and meaningless, meaning, meaningless through the frame, that was more my job rather than choreography of the camera with the dancers. You know, and, and Justin Peck and his, his partner, choreographer, wife, you, Patricia, they were very essential in that particular process, you know, where, again, based on what we experienced during the rehearsals, we knew what's going to happen in the day. But of course, in the day, things change because all of a sudden you've got hydrants, you've got sidewalk curbs, you've got this and that. So the choreography had to be adjusted to meet the reality of a particular location. So it's a great collaborative art, but, but no, without, without Stephen, who is the master in terms of 
the camera storytelling, it would have been a different story. Many tried to imitate him. Some of them came close to, but but nobody suppressed his abilities to do that. And Paul, can I jump I wanted, in on that? Yes, yes, please do. Okay. I just wanted to say really quickly, you know, what what Janusz was just talking about with with dealing with then the reality of of the of the situation in these locations in New York. It was incredible how. I mean, I was terrified coming into it that that all of these rubble piles and things we would have twisted ankles left and right, and it this would it, the whole thing would come crashing down. But it was just extraordinary watching watching them embrace the the craziness of the of the surroundings, whether it was a giant rubble pile or this broken down pier, or and literally leaping over cars. They, it they were unstoppable. And and it was and it was really incredible to to, to watch the. Nobody got injured. Nobody got injured. They're so athletic. They're so good. Yeah. The kids, you know, they've been dancing for 10, 15 years since the age of eight. You know, it's just amazing to see the camaraderie and how well they work with each other. It was amazing. It was just like a, a great pleasure. Yeah. And, and speaking of character, Paul, I wanted to talk about the evolution that you carry us on with Maria through the costumes and, you know, even down to that beautiful homage of the white dress with, with the red kind of belt round it that Anita gives her in the film, um, because you use, again, you know, color and style and, and the type of looks that she's wearing really carry us on this journey that she's going through emotionally from, you know, that innocence and learning a little bit more about who she is to the end when everything that she's been through is all reflected through the costumes that you carry her into throughout. Yes, I mean, with the uh, the white dress, I mean, that was one of the two uh, requests that she made uh, in, in the design, you know, from the very beginning, was to uh, uh, have our version of uh, the white dress moment uh, that uh, we, you know was was from the original Broadway show, um, which I think was you know absolutely smart because it you know I think that it it, it taps into her culture and where she's coming from, her uh, innocence and pot potential age. Uh, and uh, her tie to uh, the the church. I mean, you know, just within within her culture, then her tie to the church. Um, and then for uh, Maria to to offer up this red belt that she takes off of her waist, um, you know, it's it's like a coming of age. It's it's Maria starting on her journey into womanhood. Uh, you know, if you you know, but but subtly done. Um, and uh, then you know when you've got your, you know, as I set it up with the color, you know, when you've got the jets in, in cool tones and the sharks in warm tones, uh, it was uh, seeing how she bridges over into uh, the jet world as she, as she falls in love with Tony, uh, as she moves uh, deeper and deeper into that love. Uh, it's how she embraces uh, that, that color story in the way that Valentina has embraced this color story. Um, and then I'm also showing, or I, I attempted to show her maturity. Um, and actually it's, a, you know, it's, it's a, you know, the choices that I made about her clothing, you know, um, I feel are more, uh, grounded than how we might see Maria. You know, they're, they're, uh, she has a, uh, a mind of her own, you know, and it's very clear uh, within her scene that she's a very strong woman, you know, uh, and, and uh, you know, is making choices about the clothing that she wants to wear. Um, and then to the end, you know, when uh, Tony is killed, 
Um, you know, it's, it's almost a dress that's a little too mature for her, uh, still within that cool tone world, but uh, much darker. Um, and, um, you know, and, you know, just, just sober. Um, so that was, that, that was all that I was trying to, to go after with her color story. And because Paul was mentioning, you know, the source material of, of the Broadway production there, you know, the film is such a beautiful homage to the original source material and yet so uniquely its own identity as the way that it's told this story. And so what was what was that balance for all of you in, in finding some of the details or some of the small spaces where you wanted to pay homage to original source material of West Side Story against the spaces where you really wanted to create new looks and new aesthetics and new visual ways of, of telling the story? Ladies first. <laughs> I guess I, what we were, I guess what we're trying to do is open it up a little bit more and make it more a, have the city be a character rather than make it, it, it the stage play in the original film felt it felt more like a like a theater piece rather than an open movie and um, I think we opened it up and Janusz opened it up into like I mean it's such a giant movie it looks like a giant movie and but yet it's still very intimate at the same time and um, I think that that's what we were we were trying to we were trying to um, pay homage to the original, but still make it modern in its scope. Maybe I don't know, Adam. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I, I well, you know, I, I you know, I actually don't know what the original stage play actually looked at. I haven't. I've, I I don't. I I don't. I mean, I I don't know if it, there is a recording of it, but I but I haven't. I haven't seen one. It was a definitely definitely an inspiration musically. Just listening to the cast recording over and over and over and over and over. Um, the 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 film, the the sixty one film. I mean, it is more a matter of making sure that we weren't inadvertently doing this, making the same creative choice. Really, I mean, you know. Um, uh, 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 like, for instance, when we were in the demolition area, um, there, there, and and there was reference that we were looking at of these these doors because they would salvage doors from from the from the sites as as they were demolishing things and seeing these very strong lines of them and and uh, and going well that's an interesting idea but it was a creative but it was used as a creative choice so clearly in in, in this other film that maybe we want to let that one go you know that we have another we have enough other ideas bubbling up here. To, 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 to grab um, the, the um, uh, you know, so, 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 so for us, I think it, there, there was such a challenge in, in finding this, 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 this New York of, of 1957 that couldn't be gotten just by going outside and, and, and looking at it. it. It had to be sort of put back together like a jigsaw puzzle um, that, that we were kind of, looking for for the the best bit here and the best bit here and the best bit here to 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 to, to sort of pull all together this 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 new version of of this old place 
And Janusz, I wanted to talk a little bit about storyboarding when it comes to the the camera department and all of the cinematography, because it sounds like for you, actually, the preference is to not necessarily storyboard out a lot of times, but that there's certain moments and scenes where it does help because of the logistics. So like the balcony scene with Tony and Maria, because of the rig setup that you're going to need, where the camera is going to have to go, that's, that for a scene like that, it's really helpful to have storyboarding in advance just to figure out some of the logistics. And so what were some of the spaces where you found it helpful? in some of the spaces where you really wanted to leave that area of discovery open to once you were on set with Steven and with the cast and in the moment shooting scenes? I mean, it's, it's a very interesting question and, and, and I wish I was more excited about responding to this question. But, but you know, the storyboards are there to, to serve one purpose on our movies. You're making a, a, a CGI visual effects driven sequence, you need the storyboards so you can budget the movie and, and, and you can create the visual effects or you're doing stunt sequence and for the safety reason and for, for logistic reasons, all the crew members that are involved in the particular scene know what to, what to create and, and how to secure that the actors are, are, are never in any jeopardy, right? So that, 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 that part is, you know, clearly that's how we do storyboards. Stephen did some extensive storyboards, apparently. And we started with the cool, which was the, which was the uh, uh, waterfront sequence. And, and very clearly, after the very first rehearsal, he clearly realized that the storyboards that he built based on rehearsals that he witnessed are irrelevant to some degree of what's happening on the set. So he put them away on the first day and we started making movies the way we normally make. You know, we rehearse and then we tell the story. You know, that has to do with with nature of the story um, and great choreography. So, so that's the mystery of the story storyboards. We've done other movies where we had, where we had more extensive storyboards, but but the movies that we've done, which are character driven, performers driven, are seldom uh, supported by. By, by the storyboards. But I want to jump slightly for a brief moment to another aspect of, of what these guys did, meaning, you know, the art department and custom department, you know, because our perception of time is very biased by, by, by what we as the audience witness, right? So the 50s and the 60s are relatively, not relatively easy, but you have certain concept of what that look like, you know? I want to use the example of, of, of Lincoln, which was, you know, a completely different time period. And the art department, the costume department, they went through extensive, extensive research and to the point where the manufacturer, the, 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 the carpet recorder was also a wonderful production designer. He found the fabric and, and everything looked really, really, really authentic and very beautiful. When you looked at it, it was just garish because all the colors were so vibrant and they were authentic for that particular time but not necessarily what our perception of that particular time was, you know, another, so we ended up desaturating the images. So, so you could take, you could bring the, 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 the cacophony of color down to what, what, what the audience would have, would have, would have think they remember. Right. So that, that's what I, I just want to talk about the essence, essence of that particular, particular aspect of what we do all do for living here, you know, um, that, and how we are making movies for the audience who may have certain expectations, which are not always based in authenticity of, of that particular period. Yeah, no, I really love that detail. And I mean, the work overall that you've all done on the film is so 
intricately detailed in every single element of what you've brought to the screen. And so so wanted to end by just asking each of you about if there's a particular detail or element that you're proudest of of having contributed or having put together visually in the way that you've you've done your work creatively on this film. Um, Adam, I'm going to come to you first. Um, uh, <laughs> detail. I, you know, you know I, well, I, it's, a, it's a bit more of a global thing on, on, on the film, but in our very first conversation, Stephen, about, about West Side Story, Stephen said, get it outside, you know, just make sure that we're, we're that we can do this on, lo on location. And, and, and there, and there were a lot of, there were a lot of sort of forces making that, making that a, that a real challenge. You know, one of them was the, the, the way the city is modernized. Another one is how hard it is to do this kind of shutdown work in, in, in New York City because the, the city needs to keep moving and the buses need to keep moving and, and all that. And, and so everything we did um, was, you know, was, was an attempt to sort of push the movie outside. And, and, and there was a lot of apologizing along the way as, as you know, as, as, as we would uh, drag everybody, I'm sorry guys, by the way, about, um, you know, some of the alleys and, and, uh, and uh, uh, slightly unsavory places where we, where we shot, but, but it, but it gave this, this richness and, 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 and I'm very proud of, of that. Yeah. And for you, Rena? Yeah, I think, um, I love the way the streets turned out and all of, all of the, um, Pat, uh, the, well, Patterson, which you don't know is Patterson because it's with the demolition site and then the streets that were around the corner from the demolition site and um, the way that everything, the way that we managed to shoot in 11 million different places and it all felt like it was in six blocks and it was completely believable. And I, and I just think that um, all the storefronts and all of the, it, the vibrancy of the streets, I think made, made the movie. That's really wonderful. And how about for you, Paul? Um, I would say uh, sticking to my guns on uh, you know, my my uh, color story, and you know, and and impressing that on my um, my staff, you know, because there you know there there were times when I was brought things that were like, no, that's not those are not the rules, and you know, really making sure that uh, you know I was. Uh, rigid about that you know i think that that paid off yeah and janish well mine will be a little bit more global because i mean as a, as a newcomer to this country about 40 years ago i grew up in the system where you didn't have musicals where the heroes were stalin and lenin not you know superman spider-man so 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 my imagination of broadway performance uh, while i was living there was completely matched by my personal um, experience when I actually visited Broadway. And what that means is it's panache, it's beautiful, it's elegant, it's suspenseful, it's fun, it's, it's emotionally moving. So I think that the little detail I wanted to introduce to this movie to, 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 to continue with that concept where I maintain the, 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 the dreamy quality of fantasy world. Because the moment you have people singing in the streets, you are in a different different world, and maintaining that through the through the schedule, maintaining that through several city blocks and different lighting conditions and all that stuff. That's that's what I'm most um, proud of. That I was able to um, maintain that 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 appearance of 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 of, of Broadway panache. 
Well, watching this film was was very genuinely one of my favorite cinematic experiences um, in the last few months. And in large part, that's because of all of the details that you've brought to screen and the way that you've helped tell this story for all of us. So thank you so much and congratulations on the incredible work on West Side Story. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. It was great to be here.